This is the Danger Close Podcast. Beyond the books with me, Jack Carr. Welcome to the Danger Close Podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. In the Blood is out now. Hardcover, ebook, and audiobook. Speaking of audiobooks, my guest today is my friend Ray Porter, narrator of all my audiobooks. And what a fantastic guy. You'll be able to tell that uh, that we are buddies and I could not have a better person narrating this series. Such a fantastic person. He did 20 years in Shakespearean theater. He was in Modern Family, Sons of Anarchy, Argo, ER, Almost Famous, and you will know him as Darkseid in the Snyder Cut of Justice League. So now, without further ado, Ray Porter. Do you like do you like this? I'm liking it. It's looking no, good. Not by choice. What I, happened? I, I'm in a movie and ah. um I went in for the uh for the costume fitting, kind of the last minute uh makeup was checking me out and they went, Oh yeah, the designer wants to shave you. So they shaved most of my beard off and left me with this glorious thing. Um yeah. Yeah. So uh it's nice. a weird look and I haven't left the house. <laughs> You don't need to worry. You don't need to be self-conscious about anything. Well, I've got a great face for audio. No, <laughs> stop it. How that is not true. I'm doing great. I'm doing great, but I'm not going to let you get away with saying that you have a great face for audio because you have been <laughs> in so many productions over the years, stage, few things, film, yeah. Yeah. Uh, television. So I'm not going to get you away with that. And I was going to save this for later, but I'm going to th- do it now. What's that? I mean, look at this. Look at this handsome devil. Oh, I mean, look at that. Oh, yes. Look yes. at that guy right there. That picture is so old, it almost classifies as a daguerreotype. <laughs> you, it's, I mean, wow, this that. is a great one. And then there are a couple other ones up there, actually. So I saw that. That headshot uh, always reminded me of some like weird uh, Christmas album that would be in the. <laughs> it does. It you looks fantastic I mean? for a Christmas album cover. <laughs> that is serious. You got, you have yeah. to do that. Exactly. And then, or you could go with this. Cause it's kind of, you know, oh, no. what are we doing? Run, runner up oh, like right gosh, there. That, Look at that I was, one. I was like four years old. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look at that. Oh, did you, uh, did you get that at the mall? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I did. There was a boudoir two for one. I went in with my dog. <laughs> Perfect. Funnily enough, my dog got a job and I didn't. Stop so it. That's Stop it. I mean, you are you're in a film right now. Oh, yeah, so that's I mean, great. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm gonna wrap um wrap my part of it on Monday and nice. uh and then it's back in here doing yeah. funny voices. And Amazing. Uh, boy, I tell you, I loved uh the most recent oh, installment of your thank you. Oh, man. thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. You keep, appreciate coming, it. you keep coming up with stuff that's like so completely different. And I think the thing I appreciate the most about your books is there's no formula. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You, you understand. I do. Certain series, it becomes almost predictable. And so as you're reading it, you're like, okay, so the baddie's going to come in here. Yeah. And this is going to be, and you don't have any of that. Um. It's, uh, you know, it's funny because your books, somebody asked me to describe your books and I said, you know, speed, surprise, violence, violence of action. action. And <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's how you write. And I, oh, I'm going to, I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> speed, surprise, violence of action. Ray Porter. Yes. yes and that is a blurb. Write. Ray Porter blurb. I got yes, it. Man. All right. We can but cut I've, this short. 
but Just I really, oh yeah. Okay. See you later. Great <laughs> talking to you. Um, but I really like reading your stuff because, you. um, you know, as you may or may not know, I don't do a ton of research before I read the books. I like it to be immediate for the listener and for me, um, worked out fairly well for me. I mean, it's bitten me uh, on the backside a couple of times in the past, but in general, there's an immediacy to it that, that I like your books. I'm like, I have no idea what's coming next. And, awesome. and that's, what's great. And it's really wonderful. And this most, and this latest one is it kicks it up a notch even. So oh, man. really, thank fun. you. I appreciate that. And that was, uh, you know, that, that is, uh, I'm very cognizant of that being a fan of the genre being a lifelong reader, sure. um, and recognizing that and all the reading that I've done from my earliest days up through, through today. So, uh, when I started out, I was very cognizant of the fact that I did not want to end up in that, um, in that, in a group that, that is known for just doing the same thing. And maybe cause it worked now, instead of the United States, it's going to be Europe or now instead of yes. Europe, it's going to be Africa or instead of there. And now we're dropping China. Okay. We're dropping Colombia, but the same general thing. Yeah. If it was a series of movies, it would be all the same actors just with different accents and different clothes, you know? Yes. What's weird is that's very comforting for a lot of people. And a lot of people mm. love it. I mean, people who have nailed that style and mm. in, in whatever genre they're in, people go for the ride. I mean, you and I both could probably name a long list of authors that, you know, there's a formula mm. and for better or for worse. Uh, but I do think it eventually runs out because yeah. it's not nutritious. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and so when you have um, authors who can shake it up in big ways and small, it continues to be engaging like the first time you discovered that that author and it's immensely satisfying. So I commend you, sir, because well, uh, that, that means the world to me. It's been different every damn time with Thank a you. few common threads that are delightful. And Thank so when you. you come across them, you're like, you know, there's people in your books that when they come back, you're like, Oh yeah, I remember. Oh, I missed oh, him. That's awesome. You know, so it's good. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, you know, after that first one, it would have been kind of the quote unquote smart move would have been just to kind of regurgitate it and drop it somewhere else. But I took that risk and I kind of thought Simon and Schuster might say, Hey, you know what? You might want to cut the first part of this or the first third of this yeah. or, uh, give me some suggestions. They've never given me any suggestions. They've never even hinted that I might want to lay off something or put a little more in. They've never given any direction. I've had complete creative control, which I sincerely appreciate. And I didn't know how it was going to be, you know, when I stepped into yeah. this, uh, into this, uh, this industry, but, um, but that second one in particular, a true believer taking the character on a journey of redemption. Um, I didn't think it was fair to the, the reader to just pick him up and just all of a sudden, after all the traumatic events of the first book, just to drop him into something else that uh, was similar, but without dealing with the consequences of what just happened to him and what he did in the first novel. So Which I think is fascinating that risk because the inner journey, um, it's funny. It almost makes the, in some cases, it almost makes the plot and the action and what's going on kind of secondary. There's this internal uh, uh, journey to this quest to understand, to and I mean, I think, and I can only speak theoretically about this. And so it's with respect and forgive me if, if I'm wrong and my ignorance, but I think that for a lot of people who have been in your former line of work, let's say when that's done, there's a real, what now yeah. that occurs yeah. in every way. And what's great is that you do kind of bring that into your books, which I really appreciate. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was lucky in that I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, <laughs> and I was, uh, I hadn't done enough. I guess I wanted to do it from such an early age that it was still like being in kindergarten and say, you want to be an astronaut and yeah. never have anybody along the way uh, discourage you. Or if they did, yeah. never having it register right. <laughs> that they were discouraging yeah, you. Either yeah, way, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, so I just, uh, you know, I kept that kind of youthful um, enthusiasm about the whole thing uh, with very high expectations, sure. never thinking that uh, that it wouldn't come to fruition as a, uh, as a New wonderful. York Times bestselling series or a TV show yeah. or movie. Um, so that never even really entered my consciousness. But never you know, too, I mean, you know, too, I think that guys definitely go through this. Guys who've lived long enough go through a couple of what nows in their lives. And, um, that can be a real tough journey. And like what emerges from that can take a lot of different directions, some good and some not so great. There's uh, there's something that happens to people when confronted with a major transition or a major thing. And, you know, I would, I would classify what transpires in your first book as a somewhat <laughs> major transition. Yeah. So you have to address that in the next book and you do, and you do it so well. Um, and the transition continues up through this book. Yeah. You know, it's what sort of a man are you going to be, you know, and that question. And it's, it's great. It's well, great. Thank you for recognizing that, especially with all you have on your plate and all you're doing, because, <laughs> you know, I think one of the reasons this character has resonated one, it's because I put so much of the emotion and the feelings behind what I was involved with downrange into a completely fictional, fictional sure. narrative. But the other side is that the character is going on a journey and it's not just the same character each and every book, he's evolving, learning, adapting, growing, just like we all are. Uh, we're all on this journey. And uh, so to just have the same person in a different, semi-different situation, every book, and just dropping that in, like you say, in a not very nutritious uh, way long-term, um, yeah. that that didn't really, I, 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 that's not natural for me to do because mm -hmm. I'm on a journey too. And I, I think we, we all are. So I think those two things, the feelings and emotions, and then that journey, having him not just be exactly the same character in every single book dealing with a different problem set, but doing that exactly. and evolving and learning and well, on this journey and questioning. Yeah. I mean, I do not understand the first thing about being an operator in the sense that you, you know, as I said, your former line of work, but I do know what it is to be confused. I do know what it is to be confronted with trauma. I do know, you know, these are things that I can get next to these. It's the humanity of it. So as an audience member, I'm able to go into that world familiar. Um, and it's not this sort of inaccessible alabaster figurine that I just get to stand off and appreciate. I mean, I get to walk in his shoes yeah. um, and uh, pick up a lot of interesting information along the way <laughs> and learn about some killer gear. Um, so. I, I love when you text me and you're asking me about what is this thing tomahawk and this oh, knife know, and this <laughs> I know but it's wonderful and I think it's very thoughtful of you to include like sort of a catalog on your website yes so you can go and see what these amazing wonderful things are um, exactly yeah I mean I, I tweeted at you the other day when you had that photograph of all yep, that you did I'm gonna need all that for research <laughs> that's it yep <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And, you know, I get asked all the time about, uh, I mean, every day, there's not a day that goes by when someone does not uh, mention the audiobook and the narrator. Oh. And they're like, I oh, love I Ray it. Porter. Or they're like, who is that guy? He's fantastic. And I want, what else has he read? And like every single day oh, cool. that happens. And I get asked about your process quite a bit. 
Um, and luckily we have talked and we know each other and we're friends and I can, I can answer somewhat. Like you said, I give you, you like permission the, to answer for me. <laughs> yeah, yes. Thank you. Uh, Make but you that, <laughs> I do, I, I do, uh, you do that for yourself. I mean, everybody oh, knows you. you and your voice and if they don't know you yet, they know your voice. That happens quite a bit as well. Uh, they just, cause they're, they're so used to, they feel like they know you and they know your name because they're so familiar with your voice. But then when it, someone brings it up, uh, it's like, Oh, that's who that is. Oh, you know what? I've, I think I've listened to like 10 or 15 books that he's read. This has uh, been probably the most satisfying thing for me being an audiobook narrator because I've always been an avid reader, voracious from the moment I could read and literally everything. Um, and oftentimes have three or four different books on the go, you know, at the same time. One of my favorite things in the world to do with friends is to be like, oh, you should try to read this book and just see what they do. In a weird way, that's kind of happened in my career because people will say, you know, I really liked this book that you narrated. And so I went looking for other titles of yours. And this is not stuff I ever would have chosen for myself, but I loved it. And it's great because you're introducing, you know, it's like cooking for somebody, you know, have you ever had, you know, octopus? No, try it. Oh, I love this. And you've broadened things for them a little bit. And that's a great thing to do. And that happens to you too. You have read books that you wouldn't normally have picked off the shelf to read on your own. Is that right? Totally. Totally. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of books that I've narrated and and loved that I never would have, you know, if I was standing in, you know, I guess Barnes and Noble isn't really a thing. But I guess they kind of <laughs> it's are still, still there. It's still, yeah, yeah. I was standing in a Borders, let's say, because oh, yeah. <laughs> they're gone. I used to love going to Borders, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I would just pass it by on the shelf. I wouldn't think twice about it. So narrating it, I've been exposed to whole new genres. I've, I, I've been introduced to amazing, wonderful things. I mean, I think you and I talked one of our early conversations. Um, part of the reason why I was so stoked to do your book was that a long, 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 long time ago, I had listened to the audiobooks and read <clears throat> the books of uh, Richard Marcinko. And, you know, it was great because it was such an outs- outside my own understanding. Yeah. Um, and uh, really fun in that way. Um, so it was great to read yours. Obviously, very, very different gravy, uh, <laughs> your, your work. But, uh, but there's that fun element to it. And yeah. it is fun. And yeah. you managed to do that so well. Oh, uh, so it's, it's always a pleasure to read your stuff. Have you heard the latest one at all? I have not yet. I've heard the yeah. first, uh, maybe the, the prologue only. Uh, I think they sent me the download, but I've been running around like a crazy person. So I've not listened to the whole thing yet. And I can't link my phone, my car, the kids get in the car and they press buttons. And then my phone's not linked when I get in there. (laughs) And it's like, I'm trying to figure these things out. uh, How technically complex are the land cruisers really? Yeah. Well, that's, I'm not talking about that one. So yeah, yeah, no, that one doesn't have a, that one doesn't have a link or that new one might actually. Yeah. I saw your photo the other day. You've got an 80 series now. 80 series now. And of That's course one that one, uh, yeah, that one's nice, but this one I looked for a longest time and cause I wanted that 97, which is the 40th anniversary edition. Right. The triple uh, locked and all uh, that. Yep. Exactly. You know, yes. yeah. Oh, I know. Nice. Yeah. Triple locked from the factory. Yeah. And so I looked around finally found one. It was like in one day over the summer, three people sent me this link at almost the same time. Oh my god! Like they found one, two people I knew and one person I didn't know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, wow. Okay. And, uh, and so I got it and, um, That's so good. Yeah, now it needs a new engine. Yeah. No, really? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, really? Yeah. So I was gonna. So I'm gonna. I need to figure out. I need to do a talk to Cruiser Kurt down in uh, down in Salt Lake here and get his professional opinion. Have him look at it and see. Are you if thinking it's, about uh, an LS swap? 
you know, if I have to do it, it's, it's either I can rebuild it maybe, or I can just put in a LS3 or something. So I'm going to get his professional opinion and see what yeah. I should do. I was in, my intent was to keep the original engine and then build it out, uh, overlanding style and do right. the whole, Which whole is thing. And what I'd love to do too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was planning on doing all of that. And then my daughter was driving it and she's like, dad, this thing's shaking quite a bit. I was oh, like, no. hey, you're, you're fine. You know? And uh, then I took, when she got home, I took it out and I'm like, oh, this thing is shaking <laughs> quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, you know, honestly, it, it may be the very first time I've heard of an engine failure on those. That's, yeah. uh, it does yeah. have quite a few miles on it. Is it in the threes? It is creeping up on three. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, those are the only ones you can find now. Yeah. I mean, literally every one that I see that's well outside my price range anyway, but I still look <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's way up high, but I, I, uh, I'm, I'm surprised. I know. I know. So anyway, we'll see. Maybe I'll read, I got to, that, that's on the, the, my list of things to do in the coming right, months. It's, of course. Uh, it's to get back to that, but yep. I have the 40 sitting outside now. So that one was done oh. by TLC four by four icon. So that one oh my God. is, it's the original engine, but it is, I mean, it looks like it's brand new. It's looked like it's yeah. off the factory floor. So yeah. that one is nice. And, and then the, the 60 is still hanging yeah. tough. Yeah. The, yeah. FJ62 has that LS3 in it. So that thing, that thing. Moves. Oh, you do have an LS3 in that in one. In that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so that's the one I think has a, uh, cause I wanted to keep the inside looking old, but I think, uh, it, it does have a newer stereo system thing in it. Uh, even though okay. it kind of looks, it kind of blends into everything, but I have never linked to it. And I probably need to do that with my Bluetooth or something. I need to figure that out. I need to figure that out. That's a whole other thing, man. Yeah. Bluetooth drives me bananas. <laughs> well, in this last book, you'll, you probably don't even want to link up to Bluetooth anymore. I did a lot of exactly. you know, research into artificial intelligence and quantum computing and went down that rabbit hole uh, and learned quite a bit. Kind of like with the last one, researching yeah. all the uh, bioweapon stuff and being kind of like a journalist and interviewing all those people who are going to leave something out because they have a touch point with some national security thing. Yes. And uh, then being able to put that those pieces together like a journalist. Well, this time uh, I did that with the cybersecurity and cyber compute, quantum computing world. And it was definitely, it was frightening. It was frightening. Definitely weird. Now, before we get on to that, I do want to double back really quickly and mention that uh, my director on this book, uh, Travis Tan, who's who I've worked with on all of your books. And he's an amazing guy, an amazing director. He was at his house in uh, Mammoth or Big Bear, but he has a 62 as well. He has nice. a 62. Awesome. So I'm the only one not driving a Land Cruiser out of this whole crew, but uh, someday. <laughs> I'm going to change that. But, uh, but uh, yeah, he's, he's a terrific guy and he's been there for all of your books. And he and I spent a lot of time talking about quantum computing oh, wow. and about the AI and all of that stuff. Um, and... I don't want to give anything away from the, from the book, but it was um, fun giving voice to certain things. Ah, uh, yes. I'm looking forward to that voice. I have not, uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go to, after this, I'm going to, tonight I'm going to go in, I'm going to go through it and get to that part just to hear that, well, hear that voice. Blessedly, you were so clear about, you know, sort of how, and, yeah. and that was great because, oh, I'm cool. <laughs> just like, okay, this is easy. I don't nice. have to worry about it, you know, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's an element. That's a whole other element to, to the story that particular, I mean, for one of a better word character. Mm -hmm. um, so great. Oh, thank you. So, great. so fun. Thank you. Well, the people I talked to that, had, so I did a lot of research and the, some of the books that I used for research were already outdated because things are, right. you know, it's not like being, let's say 1940 and 
reading a book about an automobile from 1935 or something like that, where yeah. we're kind of moving forward. But here, a span of five years, a span of 10 years, so much has changed. So when I'm reading something from like Edward Snowden's um, biography, yes. uh, reading that or reading a few other things from that era, that's already a decade old. And, uh, and yeah. all those things have, uh, <laughs> have, have changed quite a bit. And the people that I talked to that were current, um, that were very careful about what they said to me. But once again, if you interview enough people, you can kind of piece things together. Mm-hmm. Um, they all said that, hey, we could tell you more, but you want to keep this book out of the science fiction category. Which well, and it really also prevents me having to say redacted a lot. Yeah, now. yeah, that's done. We're done with that. You know, wait, wait, if I'm doing research on my own, the government doesn't get to come in and tell me that I, <laughs> what I get to say or not. Well, I mean, you know, the know as much is, as they might want to. Yeah, well, probably. But the, um, yeah, I've always kind of, I grew up next to a strategic air command base uh, in Indiana. And I was pretty early on familiar with the idea that if you think you're looking at stuff that's on the bleeding edge. Yeah. You're, you're up to a decade behind yeah. the, the eight ball on that. I mean, you know, was it the, uh, the F-117 was nice. a thing for decades before yep. it became oh, yeah. knowledge, you know? Right. So, um, yeah. So it's got to be very interesting when you research this stuff to know who to talk to. Yep. Yep. Luckily, I've uh, stumbled across some interesting characters in my time. Yeah. And, your uh, Rolodex <laughs> has got to be fascinating. It, uh, I feel very fortunate to, uh, <laughs> to have met some interesting people that have all yeah. been extremely, extremely helpful to me, especially yeah. as I transitioned from the, uh, from the military to the private sector. So how is talking of the private sector? How is the, uh, television production? Going? Oh, it's going, it's, it looks good. It's, uh, I've seen all the, you know, been, we've wrapped in August. So we wrapped yeah. in August, went into post-production and uh, I was involved with every, every iteration of that from the, sure. the director's cut to the, what the network cut, the editor's cut, all those different cuts that you see. And then gave my, my timestamps with my, uh, my notes and all that stuff. So we got to work you know, hand in hand on those to get them where they needed. To I got be. to see, you know, a little snippet. Uh-huh. I know. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's still in or not and it doesn't matter, but it was great just visually, you know, cause pretty early on, you know, you get a sense of tone mm-hmm. and uh, I liked that being familiar with the book. I liked the first little bits that I saw and it was like, and I think, I think that uh, Chris Pratt is such a fine actor and I admire him. So, you know, a great job. It's going to be something else. Yeah. He's going to be a surprise for people that just know him as, you know, more campy type roles and, you know, that sort of a thing, but this like, getting dark and, and gritty and violent and yeah, physical. I wouldn't, and- I wouldn't describe terminal list as a madcap romp. <laughs> Nope. Nope. And what we added to it, I don't know if you got to see this from the, uh, you know, the clip that you, you worked on, um, that, uh, if, uh, if you got to see the psychological element, I'm not sure how far they brought that in, but I didn't go that far in. It literally was just like that scene, you know, that, 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 the Mm -hmm. opening sort of look, but even then the opening look, I was like, Oh, okay. Nice. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, we added a psychological component that in, uh, in telling the story visually, really works. And, uh, it's, uh, it differentiates it, I think from all the other straight up revenge thriller, action thriller, like all those sorts of things that are more common, um, Mm -hmm. out there when you're looking at a, at a show or a series on, uh, on an Amazon or a Netflix or Hulu or something like that. Um, But to add this psychological component to the action political thriller, uh, really adds a different component that I think breaks it out and have the way Chris plays it is, uh, I mean, I could not be more thrilled. 
Well, again, that's something that the audience can get next to the, uh, you know, um, as an audience member, I'm familiar with, I'm more easily going to gravitate towards the psychological aspect of it because so much of the other stuff is kind of alien to me, you know? And so it's that great way of, it's that great way of keying in to like, you know, no matter what the sort of accoutrement are, Mm -hmm. uh, the human heart is pretty much the same. And humanity expresses itself in very similar ways across the board. So no matter what arena it's in, I can get next to that stuff. And you write that stuff so well, and it makes it easier for me to narrate your stuff. uh, Because it's telling, you know, I mean, it's like Shakespeare. I don't know what it's like to be the king of, you know, whatever. But I do know what it's like to want, you know, this thing. And and everybody else does too. And it's that humanity. Yeah, but I think you're right. I think you talked about earlier, you know, the, the everybody's, uh, this transitions in life. And, uh, you know, we're talking about trauma, whether it's from the battlefield, whether it's from a, a car accident, whether it's from something as a, you know, as a child or whatever it might be, you know, we're all going to have these touch points with uh, varying levels of, of trauma at some point in our lives. You know, nobody gets out of this, this thing unscathed. No. Um, so there is that component to it too, I think. So uh, especially here when we're dealing with, uh, with, with uh, traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress, you know, those things don't just come about from the military. Uh, no, it can be, it can be a don't. host of issues, host of things can, can cause those. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, for most people in bigger or smaller ways, there is the them before mm-hmm. an event and the them after Yeah, and how those two, uh, reconcile with each other is, um, I mean, it can create wonderful books, wonderful stories, and wonderful films. It can create a lot of sadness, and it can also create joy. But it's but it's that big. There's those turning points. No, you know, um, yeah. a wonderful director that I worked with years and years ago, working on a Shakespeare play together, mm-hmm. and he said, "I will oftentimes go through a script and just look up the if onlys, hmm. find those points in the book where if only he had said or did Ooh. this, but he didn't." Or if only he had done this and, and he didn't, and it went this way, or, you know, he had a choice and he decided to go this way. If only look for the, if onlys, and it's a wonderful thing. I mean, for an actor, you know, kind of looking uh, at, at a whole story, those turning points are wonderful because it's not some arbitrary horseshit, you know, Mm -hmm. can I say that? I'm sorry. I think so. Um, but you can see those turning points then where you look at like, and there's that sense of loss of like, Oh, if only he had said this to her, if only he had been at this place at the appointed time. Interesting. If only Juliet. uh, Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And you can do that with any story. Interesting. Yeah. And it's very, it's very fun. I yeah. wrote that down. I'm going to use that. I'm actually oh, going to, okay. uh, I'm going to do that when I watch the series here again. And I'm yeah. going to do that with, uh, with my novels too. That's a, that's fascinating. I'm going to put that on a yellow sticky and put it on my, my computer. Um, I think that's fascinating. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's true. I mean, I can find them in your books. Absolutely. Yeah, all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and it, they're big and small and microscopic in some cases, but mm-hmm. they're there. And it's, uh, for me as a way in to the text, I spot those and I'm able to act accordingly, if you will. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I was talking to someone earlier today who brought up, um, what if, 
uh, as his okay. two most haunting words in the English language when put together. Um, what if I'd done this? What if I had done that? Um, what if, uh, and looking back on life with too many, what ifs, um, yeah, that's interesting. So now I have, if only, and then I have some, what if, to, uh, what if I, I find what if to be a, a remarkably positive thing, you know, as an individual to sit and really meditate on, you know, there's things I need to do right now. What if I did them? Mm. What if I, what if I, lo- what if I lost that weight? What if I got better at this instrument? What if I, you know, and if for me, that's always been a real spark. Interesting. I think it comes from my mother saying once I was really scared about some insurmountable to me task and she went, other people have done it. Why not you? Yeah. Uh, which is great wisdom. And yeah. so a lot of times I will think, you know, in terms of like visualizing things, what if I did? I like it. Uh, and it's, it's been very positive. So I do like what ifs very much too. Yeah, interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. It was a different context in which we we're discussing it, but now I'm going to go back yeah, and no, revisit that conversation through, uh, through that lens. It's, it's, uh, but also it's an interesting lens to look at it through. I know that it's divergent from, from what you were talking about, but it is an interesting lens, even as a writer or as a storyteller to look yeah. at, you know, when did this person say, what if, and then yeah. go and make that happen. You like know? Oh like Yeah. It. Oh man. The arcane digging in stories. Oh, see, there's that voice right there. My <laughs> goodness. That's why everybody knows it. They're like, wait a second. Did, uh, I wish you'd seen the whole, uh, series, uh, this whole I eight episodes. To. Yeah. I really I want you to like it. I think you're yeah. going to like it because you're so familiar with the material and the characters and, uh, to see what they did with it is, uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. So oh, I really uh, want to. I can't wait. Yeah. Coming soon. Coming, coming July 1st. So unbelievable uh, yeah it's gonna be here before we know it which is fantastic crazy which is crazy um i did want to so oh going back to what i was saying earlier about being asked about you all the time oh um, and people do ask about your process and uh so i answer for you essentially and uh say that you everybody does it differently from my understanding and part of what you do is you want the reader the listener to experience it the, for the first time, the way you are, the way you would if yes. you were sitting there reading it rather than having read it through the first time and have note for you having notes all over here. And, yes. and uh, so it's Perfectly obviously the expressed. 10th time you have done it. Um, but uh, to read it in a way that has that excitement and enthusiasm of experiencing it for the first time. So, and that's Perfectly what I think expressed. you do so well and why so many, other than the amazing voice and all the things that you can do, um, but that enthusiasm and that excitement and that magic and that heart that you lend to every project that you do. So um, my, uh, it's fantastic. My allegiance, uh, you know, I had a conversation with an audiobook narrator recently and we were going through like her process and she, cause she had asked me some questions about like how I approach work and highly technical stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I, I said to her at one point, you know, who are you, who are you, who are you reading this for? Who are you telling this story to? And she was like, well, you know, the listener, I said, but, but are you really? Mm-hmm. Because everything I hear, everything I hear you doing right now is you want to make sure that it is up to the standard of what you perceive the publishers want mm-hmm. or even the author wants or whatever. If you're not, if you're not dedicating everything that you do heart and soul to the single mother, who's got a 30 mile commute in the morning and her Chevy neon or, or Dodge neon or whatever. And she's listening to this on a CD, then what are you doing this for? Mm -hmm. Um, 
part of part of the reason for my process is you know that that wanting it to be immediate and wanting it to be a surprise and wanting there to be that sort of intangible first time feeling yeah. uh, to reading it is so that the person who actually paid money for this book gets the most out of it. Mm. Um, and for me, it is the best way of staying the hell out of the way of the text. Um, you've heard my mailman analogy, probably ad nauseum now, but the, but the idea of I'm not an artist, I'm a craftsperson, basically at best, if I think in terms of my work as being a mailman, then I'm, then I'm in the right slot for the mm. kind of work I do. You have written a letter to the reader or to the listener. Um, I, you know, I broke it down one time in an interview where I said, look, if you're, if your mailman came around your house every day and knocked on the door and then opened his mailbag and pulled out a thing and said, this is from your mother, opened your mail, read it to you and told you how you should feel about it. That would be a bad and psychotic mailman. <laughs> you know, typically, uh, your postal carrier comes around and you don't even know that they've been. Yeah. Maybe you hear your mailbox, but you know. They're just there to deliver the correspondence from whoever wrote to you to mm -hmm. you. If I approach my work in that same way, I find I'm in a better place. And the book seems to work a lot better for people. I'm trying to stay out of your way. You're trying to tell these people a story. And if I do my craft to the best of my ability, your letter gets delivered. Wow. Oh, I've heard you say that you just want to get, get out of the way. Uh, and I think that's an, that's an incredible way to, way to put it in a, you know, very humble way to put it, of course, especially with, uh, you know, you at your level and how, how, how amazing you are at these things. Well, thank you. Um, which is why you thank get asked to do them by so many people and across well, genres. I know. And I'm really happy about that, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, I firmly believe I wouldn't be at the level that I am if I didn't have that philosophy. Yeah. It's not false humidity, hum, humidity, false humidity. <laughs> that's going to be the name of my band. No, hey, that's not bad. Yeah. False humidity. That's not bad. It's actually pretty good. It is. Um, but it's not false humidity. Sure it means. I'm, I'm not like being, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I hate that kind of crap, yeah, you yeah. know? Um, I mean, I used to put roofs on houses. I get to sit around and pretend and make up voices. This is gravy. Um, but. Uh, I, I, I've always had a very, very strong ethic about somebody paid money to hear this story mm -hmm. and they deserve the absolute best that they can have. Now, since I can't trust that I'm going to be the most wonderful performer in the world, <laughs> you know, and bring all of this stuff, why don't I just stay the hell out of the way of the text and to do, and do my job to the best of my ability. And then they'll get their money's worth. And that's the whole point. I think anything else is larcenous. If I was doing little subtle things to try to draw attention to myself based off your work, on the back of your work, I would be taking money from the listener and I'd be pissing over your work. And I'm not going to do that. Uh, well, so, I mean. So there is a real it. strong ethical thing to yeah. this, you know. Wow. No, I love that because I think yeah. in, 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 uh, in the same terms, as far as people are trusting me with their time and whether they're listening yes. to the book or they're reading it, they're spending 13 hours listening to it or however many hours it takes them to read it. Um, or they're looking at a social media post. Um, they're taking time yeah. out of their life 
to do that. They've trusted me with that time that they're never going to get back. And that's something I take extremely seriously, which is why I put as much thought into any sentence I write on social media, any sentence in the book, any uh, guest or conversation or question on a podcast, um, because I want to add value to people's lives and not waste that time because that clock is ticking. Yeah, we don't get this time back, you nope. know, which is why I sincerely uh, appreciate you spending it with me right hey, here. Man, it's so this fun is, to catch yeah, up. It's great. It's just wonderful to hang out more yeah, than exactly. anything. We're exactly. Exactly. We're both so busy. I keep seeing pictures where you're like, guess where I am? And, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, <laughs> guess where I am? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you still in the same place or did you, did you move I'm in Pasadena. last year? I'm okay, in still in Pasadena. Pasadena, yeah. Uh, and it's great. I, you know. I had to look around for an apartment and, and LA is sort of the land of the soul killing sameness apartments. <laughs> so I found this place. That's an old, old house from the turn of the 20th century that they mm. divvied up into apartments and it's weird. It's funky. Like I was actually the room that this sort of blanket fort is built in. <laughs> I moved a, I moved a set of curtains and there was an old medicine chest just in the wall, Whoa. Just there, you know? And so it obviously has been reconfigured. I love that. Yeah. I love the randomness of that. Yeah. Yeah. You Pasadena, I love it out there. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Pasadena is a great place. It's mostly good. I mean, LA is a loud city. So I tend to record late at night because there's less, uh, sort of ambient activity. Got it. Uh, <laughs> Got I, it. Think, I think Pasadena PD knows when I hit record because then they decide to come and orbit their helicopter over mm -hmm. the house. And so I have to stop, obviously. Yeah. It could work out in my novels, actually, with that comes in you know, as a sound effect <laughs> at a couple of different places. So you, know, so you never know. We might want to save that, save that yeah, cut. Yes, so I'll cue the helicopter. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think anywhere in your books, the grocery truck that pulls up and blows the horn that plays La Cucaracha. I don't Ooh. know if that's going to work anywhere in your books. But Interesting. I'm going to have to think about that for the next we, one. I'm working we, on book we'll, six right now. So Okay, well, we'll try to incorporate that yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. That's going to be at the forefront <laughs> of my mind uh, now going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if only and La Cucaracha. Yeah, track. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <Be> there. Yeah, <laughs> have to use it for cover or something. Uh, <laughs> gosh, so, so you're starting late at night. So how many hours are you doing before? Do you have a number of hours that you go and then no matter how you're feeling, you stop or do you just go I until exhaustion to, or how do you well, do it? Well, no, I don't. I mean, it's diminishing returns. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's, uh, you know, you could, you could, you could work until you're falling asleep at the microphone, mm -hmm. but you're not bringing your best at that point. Mm -hmm. Typically what I have found my ceiling to be is two hours finished audio, a little more sometimes. Uh, but really after that, it's diminishing returns. Yeah, now yeah. to get to those two hours can take five hours or six yeah. hours sometimes because we're talking about two hours finished, two hours recorded right, right. in the can. Um, so there's stopping for helicopters. There's stopping for mistakes. <laughs> there's, stopping because my stomach has decided it would like to have a vocal track. There's, <laughs> you know, there's a million different variables. Yeah. Um, you know, just the fact that your voice kind of moves around from day to day mm -hmm. and how, you know, and how you're feeling and how you're sounding and all that stuff. Um, so it can take a while. It also depends very much on how the book flows. Mm. Um, you know, there are some books that I just go and I'm gunning and I'm gunning and I'm gunning and I, I go, well, I should probably take a break and I've got, you know, an hour already in the can. It's like, whoa, you know, and there's others where it's like, oh, this has got to have been two hours and it's been 35 minutes. <laughs> and it doesn't say anything about the writing, but it's yeah. about how it flows, you know? Um, yeah. You know, there's certain books that are, are very, very challenging in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, this, 
there are some books that seem almost written to be spoken. Mm. And there are others that are written to be read. And that's a very, very different sort of, um, yeah. Uh, it's a very different thing, yeah, you know, yeah. there, you know, visually, uh, looking at the way a sentence is constructed and that kind of thing, like the stuff that it hits in your mind, you know, can be wonderful and delicious and great. Try speaking it. <laughs> Got it. You know, yeah. uh, yeah. there's some, there are some writers, not you, but there are some writers who, who stylistically they'll have a sentence that goes and goes and goes and goes to the point where you feel like you need gills, you know, just to keep uh-huh. breath in your body while you're reading it out loud. Yeah. You know? um, so you have to choose like, when, when can I take a break for breath without it becoming a dramatic pause when it shouldn't be, you know, stuff uh-huh. like just a million different little tiny things. Yeah. So it varies wildly. So when people ask me, you know, how long does it take you to finish a book? It's like, <laughs> depends on how long the book wants me there. You know, um, there's some books that you're going to be there for a while. Yeah. And there are others that the story just gets told. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I heard somewhere, I have no idea if this is true or not, that, um, uh, but it sounds like it could be that Christopher Walken started asking for his scripts without any punctuation. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you think of, about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of actors who, who, you know, there, there's a lot of little tiny internal choices that are made and you don't want, maybe you don't want the screenwriter to tell you when to take a pause. You know, I mean, I can tell you, um, as a narrator, uh, also, I mean, as an actor as well, like I, you know, doing Shakespeare, mm-hmm. obviously there's been editors who've been making money on Shakespeare for hundreds of years. What he meant in King Lear with this line is this. Well, no, he didn't. Uh, Did you ever actually act the scene? No. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's the theoretical discussion of what it is. Mm-hmm. And there's the actual performing it in a room with people who've decided to come and believe this thing for three hours. Got it. Um, and oftentimes, never the twain shall meet. Okay. And so I ignore entirely what editors say. Uh, there's oftentimes you'll get a script of Shakespeare, whatever edition it is, and there'll be... 30 pages of the editor's analysis of it. Mm. I I just cut it. I don't even look at it. Yeah. Um, And I know that some actors are bothered by punctuation. Mm. Don't tell me when to take a pause. I know when best organically within the process to take a pause. Oh, interesting. Stop for things. So I can see why he would do it. It's not something I would ever do. Yeah. But I can see why he would do that. And Um, yeah, it might not be real. It might just be people listening to his voice and saying, he probably took out all the punctuation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, his phrasing is pretty unique, but, <laughs> um, but no, you, you know, and you do learn to play. I mean, I do it all the time. Like you probably heard it in your book where I ignore a period, the end of a sentence. I won't pause. I'll just drive on through into the next one, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. been hard explaining it to editors where they're like, yeah, but there's a period there. And I'm like, I know, but the needs of the scene in that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a period there. I, yeah. But there's the, you know, and trying to get that across. It sounds uh, like they'd be best served to just let, let you do your thing at this point. Like, here you go. Well, no. And I, I listen, I, I prefer supervision. I really do. <laughs> but I also, I also, honestly, I, I take any opportunity to defend my choices with a piece of mm. text as, as valuable learning stuff. Cause I'm probably not right. You know, 
And if I am great, but I might not be. And, you know, yeah. it's a chance to learn. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, you kind of play fast and loose with certain bits of punctuation. I will tell you my main sort of bugbear and you're you're not an offender of this. Oh, so you. you're, you're in the clear, but I'm going to take ad- a note anyway. Adverbs. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. The adverb adverbs. Yeah. They're great sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time. Not all the time. Yeah. Okay. Where are you going? She said inquisitively. Right. You know, I'm leaving. Yeah. He said frostily. Yeah. Well, why? She said jumpily. Yeah. He said, it's time to go redundantly. You know, and and it's like uh, I compare it to cowbell in rock and roll music. Hey, more cowbell. Or, hey, we just talked about cowbell. Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah. cowbell. Exactly. Or like dill in cooking. You know, mm. just the right amount of dill. Not too it's much. It's a great sort of flavor. You cross that line, everything tastes like a pickle. Interesting. Interesting. I am cognizant of that because I, I do catch myself doing it. And I ask the question, is this necessary? Kind of like with the description. Um, how much do I want to describe or how much do I want to leave to the reader to Precisely. fill in with things maybe that they're comfortable with or that they know with the color of a wall or a desk or, you know, because everybody's going to have that slightly different, um, different scene in their head if I leave certain things out but it allows them to fill it in and become a part of the story. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that to me is, you know, if you have constructed a scene in such a way that this dialogue is occurring, I'm going to know that she says something icily without you having to say, (laughs) yes, you know, um, and that, I, I, I don't know. It's funny. I think that in some cases it's habit. I think in some cases, Maybe the writer doesn't necessarily trust that their intended meaning is going to get across. And so they use that to kind of help or whatever, but they can really, they can really clang after a while. They, they're, they're a bit extraneous. Yeah. And I mean, I don't resent it necessarily, but it's a little like the author going, say the line this way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Right. And if the scene or if the dialogue is such that, you know, I know what's happening in the scene and I know how humans interact, Mm -hmm. why would I need them? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, and uh, so I am cognizant of that. And uh, sometimes I do go back and I start taking things out. If I think well, you're good, you're good about that. Much. Believe me, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've checked. Oh, they- <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> oh man, that's so fantastic. Um, and you, I, I'm going to ask you also, cause you're talking about how much time you're spending and how much time it takes to get to your, your two hours um, being different with each book. Do you, uh, do you take, uh, lemon or do you have something that you drink or do you do an else throat lozenge or you do anything like that? Is there anything that, that you do I'm, as you're I'm, going through I'm this? Pretty, I'm pretty terrible. I think I probably, you know, I probably read books like a guy who used to put roofs on houses in Indiana. You know, I'm, I, I'll, I vape. I like, you know, I'll drink a diet Coke. I mean, I, you know, I'll drink water. Sometimes I do have for really troublesome times. I do have this throat spray, which okay. is, Oh yeah. Product placement. I can, I can actually hey, do some, You can do it too. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might be a good weapon in a pinch. Oh yeah. You can use um, anything as a weapon. Yeah. Singers. That's true. Singers soothing throat spray. Professional hey, drink. there and you it go. Tastes, it tastes like you're licking a wooden gym floor after a sock hop, but <laughs> well, they might, I might not be thrilled with that endorsement. <laughs> you know, we were doing so well there. Damn, I'm going to get a cease and desist. Yeah. But it does. It does actually help does do the job. Um, yeah. And a lesson I learned from a while ago, I mean, water in all things, water, always, you should hydrate bar. I don't care what you're doing. You need to be, I promise you you're <laughs> under hydrated. Yeah. If you're an American living in, 2022, you're underhydrated. But uh, for vocal performing, 
too much water is a bad thing because you're actually stripping your vocal cords. You want that. This is going to get gross, but you want that little layer of mucus, you know, okay. so sometimes I'll have an apple juice. Nice. Um, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, fizzy drinks are probably not the best idea just because of the inherent after effects uh, <laughs> while you're trying to talk. Right. But, uh, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I just had, I just had my second bout of COVID. Oh, second um, bout. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a Comic-Con in England and brought back a souvenir. That. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Um, and boy, this one hit hard. I had, I had it back I before it was, it was, yeah. So it was for sure. It was two. It was definitely two because wow. the, uh, the first time that I had it was as my, uh, <laughs> I've got a really, really good friend, a brilliant actor named Derek Whedon. Uh, and he's one of my best, uh, friends, um, spent a lot of his childhood in Panama. His dad was uh, army MP. Um, but he, he said, yeah, you had it back when it was weapons grade. I was like, yeah, I had it. I had it before it was cool. I had it in, in like December of 2020, you know, like early 2019, you mean 2019, I think. Wow. Yeah. And so before really, we even really knew about it, like we, well, 20, no, January, was, 2020 I was, it, I had it. No, I would say it was, I'd say it was like December. I can't remember exactly. I know it was in, was it in December? I have no idea now. Never mind. <laughs> I had it a long time ago before there, before there was a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knew much about it and everybody was frightened. Okay. And so, so I, yeah. I lived in terror for days. Um, I also had a weird neurological thing attendant with it, which was just bizarre. And Jeez. I've read uh, online of a few other people who've had a very similar thing to what I had, but it scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, but I got through it and was basically fine. And then I got, you know, all the relevant mm. shots, you know, and did all that stuff. Went over to this Comic-Con, came back and uh, brought it home. And this second bout was violent, really, really harsh for about four days. And then it kind of went away, but it was, but I'm, you know, there's lingering effects of it. Uh, and so I'm trying, I'm, I'm on deadlines. I've got books to finish. So I'm trying to narrate through COVID. Wow. Um, and there are some day, you know, the, the, the first day that I tried, it was just a wash. Cause it was like, yeah. all you can hear are my sinuses and that this isn't Jeez, you know, helping that's... anybody. But once I was able to be somewhat close to my normal voice, I had work to get done. I had, there had no choice. You know, and so there was some, you know, this, this stuff was a savior, um, you know, obviously various medicines and plenty of fluids, you know, and all that. And I was able to get through it, but you know, it was challenging. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, wear a mask when you listen to those chapters in that book. <laughs> right um, oh it seep through. um, but yeah, yeah. I don't even uh, remember, you know, what, what did I even ask you? I don't even know. I don't even know either. I, I certainly didn't ask you if you had COVID. I'm, um, I'm like, I'm like the captain of, you ask me what time it is. And I tell you how to make a watch. I got COVID. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> you, know, you were asking me about like, what sort of like, do I drink a lot of water? Yeah, do yeah, I yeah. lozenges and that yeah, sort yeah. of, um, Oh yeah. The mucus, the mucus layer. The mucus the, layer. Yes, yes. There's a, but there's a lot of stuff that's very beneficial to it. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure you get called on to speak a lot of times and you know, things like there's these little weird elderflower pastilles that are great. Um, obvious, interestingly, um, a hack that an old Shakespeare actor, uh, that I knew used and it worked perfectly for him was, um, you know, those butterscotch candies, the round ones. I may be familiar. Yeah. Delicious. Great for your voice. Great for your voice. <laughs> yeah. You know, so 
The thing is, it's whatever works for you. Yeah. You know. Gosh. And what yeah. what else do you do to uh remember which character has which accent or um ha- uh, voice intonation or uh do you have anything that you do you put uh when you see the name or how do you remember that uh so and so if if I haven't mentioned that they have a thick Russian accent in a few pages um like how do you how do you remember and not not mess that well, up Well sometimes sometimes I'll just make a choice based on what I'm reading about the character and it yeah. seems Sometimes I've, I'm fortunate in that that's the correct sort of sound for them. Mm. Other times, not so much. It kind of depends. Um, I see uh, people's faces when I read the book. And when I see their face, there's really only one way that they could talk. Wow. So if it's a character that's been in the books before, yeah. I remember yeah. what they look like. And wow. when if I remember what they look like in my head, it's very weird. But if I remember what they look like in my head, I know what they sound like. Wow. You know, you did, however, pick the one dialect that's like <laughs> one of the hardest for me, which is South African. <laughs> that a Rhodesian, I throw that in there, Rhodesian. you know, it's a little different, yes, exactly. a tiny bit different. A little bit different, but important yes. because there will be somebody People who is Rhodesian. Out. Be like, that wasn't right. right. Exactly. You know? there, there you go. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio did a really good job with that um, in uh, Blood Diamond. Uh, mm-hmm. He made it different than uh, a South African accent. Like he went really yeah. went above and beyond to. to I have found, I found the hack for that is to be sloppy. <laughs> Seriously though, nobody, nobody speaks. If someone speaks really precisely, mm. it's uncanny Valley time. It doesn't mm. see, it doesn't register right. Yeah. If stuff is just sort of tossed off and words are flown over and that sort of thing, that's a natural way of speaking. Yeah. Uh, I remember once, I only know one phrase in Russian, and I happened to be standing near some Russian college students uh, outside of a bar in Oregon, and they were talking in Russian, and at one point they looked over at me like I was eavesdropping or something, and I said to them in Russian, the only phrase I know, which is, I don't understand Russian. That's... (laughs) I thought you were going to say Dasvidanya at least. Come on. (laughs) No, 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 no. I was just like, I was just like, Whoa, that's pretty good. That's and, next level. Well, but the thing is, I was sloppy as hell with it. Uh-huh. And because I was sloppy as hell with it, the one kid looked at me and he's like, you have no accent when you say, you know, and it was like, yeah, of course I don't. Because people on the street aren't that attentive to the ends of words and the way this consonant, there's, it's just street talk. So if you're casual with a dialect, it yeah. will be more convincing than if you work on the precision of it. Got it. It sounds stilted if you're like yeah. being super, super precise. So I'm sloppy as hell with dialects and they ultimately end up sounding a lot more accurate. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Ah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's why you uh, narrated the number one award-winning audiobook of last year. 20- audiobook of the year. Yeah. yeah. Project Hail Mary. Yeah. Incredible. That was so fun. That was so fun. And not only that, like I, I was, cause I, cause I knew that cause I, I texted you or emailed you when you, when that happened. Um, yeah. but there, I had never won one before too. I, I, uh, we were there together and we, I think right, we, I Ruth know. Ware won, you know, we'll give it. Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. So the best audiobook of the year. Amazing. Uh, and then you have uh, this other one, same, same one audio file, best of 21. Then you have Charlotte's web audio award, 2020. Uh, I mean, all these awards here. Um, well, that's the thing is the, a lot of the awards I've won have been multicast things uh, where I was like, like Charlotte's web. I was a very small part of that book, you know, Sandman 
for for Dirk Maggs in mm. England and Neil Gaiman. I played about 14 different characters wow. in that. So it wins an award, but it's not, you know, you winning the award. You're part <laughs> of the ensemble that did. Mm. And I've been very proud of those, but I've never won an individual, hey, you did real good. Mm. Here's a statue thing for you. Okay. And so this year for Project Hail Mary, I got best sci-fi and audiobook of the year. And uh, they sent me the trophies and stuff. Hey. I Hey, I got them in the, you know, I got them in the house. So. Nice. That's uh, very yeah. cool. That is yeah. very cool. Oh gosh. Yeah. So much going on. I wanted to ask you. So before I let you go, cause I know you have to go and narrate something. I know I'd rather a movie, just talk and, about trucks with I, you all day. Let's but, go talk you know. some more Land Cruisers. Yeah. I got to talk yeah. into getting one. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> what changed after, uh, uh, dark side came out and, and hit because oh. I saw your, I saw your follower account certainly jump on Twitter, uh, oh, yeah, in a, like dude. an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember there was like your fans were following me on Twitter. Yeah, like, that's great. I had maybe like 1,500 Twitter followers, and now I'm up into like 68,000. Crazy, huh? Um, well, it's, it's movies, you know. Um, yeah, a lot changed. My life changed in really wonderful ways after that. Um, and that was a very funny sort of the way that all came about. I was I was in England when they were shooting Justice League, and Zach, who I knew, you know, just personally, um, Zack Snyder for those listening with uh, yes. Justice League oh, sorry. Snyder Cut yeah. yes. we'll just pick that name up off the floor <laughs> yeah no but Zack Snyder um, who I would love for you to meet him he is the best guy and working for him as a director I, 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 there are few directors that I would literally do anything for and wow. Zack Snyder is one of them amazing um, he's such a good he's just a good person yeah and so good at what he does and a great storyteller. I, I, I admire him, love him, and would work for him under any circumstances, truly. Oh, wow. um, but anyway, so Zach, who I'd known for a while, and he didn't know because I don't, I don't rep, you know, I'm not, I'm an actor and a narrator. I don't do that stuff, you know, I'm just me. Uh, but he found out I narrate audiobooks and he likes to hear a script rather than sit and read it you know, fade in exterior, you know, you know, looking at a script, what that format is. Now I do. He, uh, he likes to hear that wow. rather than sit and just read it. So he brought me in to read, uh, when they would do big rewrites or when there were changes or things like that, he would bring me in to read to him and it would be in the office with him and Chris Terrio and often Deborah, uh, the producer, also his wife. Uh, and sometimes they would bring in actors who were living in London, American actors, you know, to fill out the roles, but he likes to hear it. So I read it to him and there was basically one day as he describes it, I didn't remember it like this, but he said, he basically passed me in the hall and there was a CGI image of dark side. And he said, what do you think this guy would sound like? And I just on the fly kind of opened up my throat and did this sound. And he was like, yeah, cool. That was it. Wow. And then two weeks later, somebody else came and went, Oh, Hey, by the way, you're playing dark side. Wow. Like, Whoa. And then of course the whole journey with, you know, yeah. Zach leaving, uh, because of what yeah. happened with autumn, uh, the tragedy with his family and, uh, um, uh, Mr. Whedon taking over, uh, for, and reshooting everything and fans not being happy with the result of the 2017 release and feeling like there was something missing. And this is all because of the fans. The only reason why, I get to go to comic cons and sign things and do stuff is entirely because of the fans being very vocal and very positive about wanting to see Zach's story wow. told. Um, and so, um, 
<laughs> you know, I, I filmed um, some mocap, mo- um, mocap and then mocap. motion capture where the, you're, in a, you're in a black lycra suit with these little reflective balls wow. and wow. they film it and then they use the data from the, from the joints from where it moves to create, you know, CGI movement. Yeah. Um, me and Kieran Hines uh, one day are standing in our black lycra suits and I was like, this is not an image anyone needs to see. <laughs> we look like the HR department for ninjas. <laughs> um, Oh, but anyway, man. so we did that. And then I did face capture, which is you're wearing a whole different set of pajamas and this head rig with a camera and a light right in your eye. Oh, and they're only catching this so that the muscular of your mouth and your eyes and your expressions and things like that um, can be worked into the computer generated image of, of wow. the character. And then, of course, there's the voice stuff, the vocal sessions that I did, uh, which went on until when Zach announced that it would be showing on HBO max. Uh Um, he contacted me and said, we need to do a couple, uh, we need to, to do a refresh of this line and all this. Would you mind just recording it at home? So I did. And there's, there's actually one of my final sort of speeches in the movie. I say the lines up to this one sentence. And then I say the next sentence and there's five years between those two sentences. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Jeez, and how many hours did it, that end up being on uh, on HBO Max? Uh, it's four hours long with breaks in between. You yeah. can take, you know, intermissions, you know, and all of that, which is very smart, um, <laughs> you know. And I got to see it in IMAX actually, which oh, was cool. really fun. So I got wow. to hear my my voice like rumbling through. But it has turned into this thing, and I didn't know a lot about comic books at all. I always appreciated them and respected mm-hmm. them, but it was never really my thing, right? Um, and I've been welcomed into this world of people who are so knowledgeable and so passionate about this stuff. And I go to comic cons and meet people and, and, uh, you know, the, it's so funny. People will say, I'm so grateful that you came. It's like, you don't understand. You're the reason I'm here. Exactly. I should be thanking you. Um, and yeah, it's funny. I go and talk to people and sign toys and <laughs> wow, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, I, it's wonderful. But uh, it's very, it's very odd. Yeah. You know, very fun though. And I have so many people when I'm at those comic cons, you know, coming up and have wanting a signed dark side picture or a signed dark side Funko or whatever. I can't tell you how many people have come up with copies of the Terminalist. Oh, wow. Or yes. uh, Also Andy Weir's book, Project Hail Mary. I sign tons of audiobook stuff. Oh, so great. Uh, And a lot of it is yours. When I was in Colorado Springs, I had so many people coming up nice. with Jack Carr books. Oh, you know, so great. Song. Yeah. So great. Wow. Amazing. Well, so it's, it's out there, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I saw your following just like, yeah, oh my through gosh. the roof oh, and hey, uh, what is going on? Yeah, it's so great. Um, it's so great. And you'll notice, you know, there's a real responsibility with that. I'm mm. sure you, you had to grapple with that too, with suddenly there's a lot of people aware of you mm-hmm. and they may in some cases have a sense of ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you and I spoke about that thing that happened, you know, a while back, there was a film that Ava DuVernay did mm-hmm. that I thought was unbelievable oh, as far yeah. as a filmmaker and the work that she did. I admire Ava DuVernay a lot anyway, her work. Uh, and this film that she did, I thought was brilliant. Uh, it happened to be centered around a character that is a person who is problematic for a lot of people. 
And I posted a thing and said, this is a masterpiece, you know, and apparently <laughs> people didn't take that right. And I was getting threatened. I was it's getting crazy. physically oh, threatened. So sorry. You know? uh, no, it's what yeah. it is. It's what it is. And yeah. that, that doesn't have anything to do with you. It, it's, it's just, it was people that got to know me through loving your books. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have their own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but I was worried because I didn't want any of that to splash back on you. And no, so that was why I reached out and was like, Thank you. Hey, just in case I did this thing, I'm not trying to be politically problematic or anything. I just admired this person's work, Yeah. but people took it this way. And your, your words to me at that time were, were very, very well placed oh, and needed. Sure. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for being so thoughtful. Um, um, well, I was just worried. I didn't want, you know, uh, no worries. It's a, so the, the world of social yeah. media is an interesting, interesting animal. That's for sure. And if you're, Man, is, if you're is, up there is, and you're a public figure on it, I mean, it's easy to, easy to take shots. Uh, yeah, you're an, you're an easy I just, target. I've, I've gotten to the point now where I don't say anything other than just positive stuff. Oh yeah. I yeah. I try to keep it positive, add value, you know, that sort of a thing. It's, yeah, social media doesn't really lend itself to being a place to, uh, uh, debate the ideas of our time or anything like that. No, uh, and too, and I think too many people confuse social media with reality, and it's not. You it's know, a snap. there was a, it's a it's snapshot. A, absolutely, there was a great comedian. I can't remember his name right now. Who said, um, "Politics is show business for ugly people." Um, <laughs> I've heard and, that. Uh, I've heard that. I forget and, who said that, but yeah. But it, you know, if you think about it, it's it's. Um, there's a real performative aspect to social media for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's made, it's very egalitarian. doesn't matter who you are. Here's your spotlight and you can perform. And that's led to a lot of very interesting things. So all <laughs> I try to do is just increase positivity. I had somebody come after me um, because they felt politically very different from me yeah. and they wanted to make a thing of it. And I was oh, like, I, I honestly, I'd rather just talk about the things you and I both love. Yeah. How about that? Let's find some common you know? ground. Yeah. And the guy had nothing. He yeah. was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> why? I because know. Why? Once again, we have that limited time and that time is ticking yeah. and you get to choose how you're going to spend that time. Exactly. And also what a loss. Yeah. Cause I'm sure he's a great guy, yeah. you know? Okay. I don't like particularly, I don't feel the same way he does about how he votes. Cool. He might also like avocados. I hate avocados. Uh, <laughs> That's not a reason to not recognize him as a person. Yeah. Come on. You might like Land Cruisers. You might both like Land Cruisers. I mean, who knows? I love Land Cruisers. Yeah. Land Cruiser people are, are pretty cool. Um, I, I found. bet they are. It's a good, uh, it's a good community. Are. Yeah. Most everybody I've ever met that is a Land Cruiser owner has just been just super, super chill, laid back, kind, and fun to be around. I would expect that. Yeah. I would, I would absolutely expect that. And, you know, it, it's stuff like that, honestly, that reminds me that people have, people have lost family relationships over something as ephemeral and ultimately pointless as politics. Mm. Why are we fighting about this stuff? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a crazy time and social media sure doesn't uh, help. uh, It doesn't help. You know, it's (laughs) like, you like the things you like. I like the things I like. Let's leave that alone. Let's talk about land cruisers. Let's talk about, you know, dogs let's talk about anything else because that's what's that to me is what's gold yeah i'm not going to be on my deathbed 
regretting that I didn't get that point across. You know, I wish I'd left one more negative review on Amazon. Exactly. I should have said this. I I wonder who says that on their deathbed. Somebody may have. You never know. There's somebody might. There's some crazy people out there. But yeah, what a way to (laughs) yeah, what a way to live. Oh man, their tombstone just their tombstone just has one star on it. One star. star Oh. That's brutal. That's pretty brutal. Yeah. Oh, there's some people that take that pretty seriously. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they're fun. You know, I like to read those negative reviews and uh, oh, and uh, turn them into positives. Always, and it's always a negative review. I'll always. go on Audible just to kind of see how a book is doing. Yeah. Particularly if I care about it, you know, like yours. There's always one. Oh, there. Yeah. Negative review. Oh, yeah. People can't Never. help it. People can't help it. That's okay. In a weird way though, like with audiobooks, and I don't know if the same is true with your readership. I'm, I'm sure that it is, but I've noticed that with audiobooks, people really do have a strong sense of ownership mm. and, and, and the right to uh, voice mm. their issues, but also the things they liked and all of that. I love it. I, I think that's great oh, to have an audience that's that engaged. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's marvelous whether they, whether they approve or not, yeah. you know, um, I think it's, I think it's terrific. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, Simon and Schuster is, uh, uh, very happy. Let's just say with, uh, I'm very glad. <laughs> with everything, but, uh, with the audiobooks in particular, I'm very, um, I get comments all the time from them about, uh, you know, how, how amazing you are and how incredible oh, the audio great. side is doing. And they're just couldn't be, they couldn't be more thrilled and I couldn't be more thrilled. And I'm I couldn't so be, happy, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more thrilled to call you a friend. And, uh, oh, so brother. glad we got to meet up in New York and do that before I everything know. shut well, down. I mean, that's, so. that's the other great thing about audiobooks again, is that I have the privilege of calling someone like you friend and it really is a privilege and I'm oh. grateful for that. Oh, you know, uh, so, you know, it's, uh, when, when would we have ever met otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully <laughs> we'll know, get to do a lot more together. Uh, it's great. Uh, I mean, again, forward. you know, this, uh, this stuff has afforded me the opportunity to do things that, I, that really matter. I, I went to the, uh, to the EOD banquet. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Oh God, it was such a memory. You texted me beforehand and oh man, you know, I'm in a movie. I've got an action figure and I'm the least cool person in the room. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just, it was just, it was a whole night of like, oh, so why are you here? Um, yeah. So I played a really bad guy in this big blockbuster Hollywood movie. How about you? Oh, I'm retired Navy. Now I do halo jumps training for people. Yeah. Okay, dude, fine. I'm just going to go sit down over no, here. Stop. I'm you sure I love talking to you and that's very <laughs> cool. You go down there. That's just awesome. Yeah. But that's, uh, you know, again, if I wasn't doing what I was doing, it wouldn't afford me the opportunity yeah. to, to meet people and get to know people in that way. And, and I love that. I'm immensely grateful for it. And that's the overwhelming thing with all of it is just gratitude. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. I'm grateful. I get to do your work. I'm grateful that I get to do this at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm really grateful that you write so well. Oh, thank you. Because uh, <laughs> it would be harder if you... <laughs> it would be much more difficult, yes. <laughs> it would be, it'd be uh, much more troublesome if you sucked. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, so, thank you. Thank you. Know. you know, I get up each day and feel that same, same gratitude to be doing this, doing something I love, um, having my mission of taking care of my family and my passion of writing coming together and... Precisely, uh, work resonate with people, and I just couldn't. And what wonderful adventures it's brought you, it you know, and and experiences, yeah. and and that's that's great. Yeah, 
Uh, you know, it's a marvelous thing. I feel so fortunate. Yeah. So fortunate. But before I let you go, uh, yes, sir. What you can't tell me about this this movie, but uh, I'll find out eventually. Uh, yes. And then, uh, other than than that, are you still are you still going to auditions? Do people call you? What, yeah, you have more I'm books still, in the hopper, just coming I in have, constantly. I have so many books in the hopper. I said yes to too many things, and they're all happening. I had that same this, issue. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and they're all wanted on the same oh, day. Boy. It's like I'm sorry, physics is a reality. Yeah. I can't. Although at the quantum level, I could. Um, <laughs> exactly. But I can't, you know, I don't really have a quantum computer in the house just yet. Yep. Or do I? Dun, dun, dun. Um, uh, but, um, you know, very, very busy with the books. Auditions are a constant, mm. which is great. Um, I just picked up a really, I did a really fun gig playing a, uh, playing a guru on 911. Nice. Um, yeah, that was very fun. Um I'm in an upcoming episode of Naomi on the CW, um, which is a really good, it's really well done thing. Um, this movie that I can't talk about. Um, I might be appearing at a Comic-Con near you, you know, uh, at some point. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just staying busy, you know. Does Salt Lake um, have a Comic-Con? I think we do. I don't know if they do. Um, huh. I'd love it if they did. Yeah, to look that up. Um, I think they do. I think you may be right. Yeah, it'd be great. You know, I mean, uh, you know, any chance to hang out. Yes. Um, yes. Just bought an electric bike or a pedal assist bike. Hey, that's the way to go. I need, I need to do something. <laughs> and the great thing about a pedal assist is that, you know, you climb a hill and you feel like you climbed a hill, but you don't feel like killing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You don't feel like you're about to go um, right over. Right. So. Exactly. You don't, you know, yeah, exactly. You don't want to be, you know, hung, you know, with a drip, like mm -hmm. right at the top of the hill. Uh, so the pedal assist is great. And it's because I got to do something. Um, there is, there is a certain aspect of this uh, gig that is entirely too sedentary. Uh, and well, so I've I understand to address that, you know, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I need to address that. But other than that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm that, and I'm, you know, constantly trolling Craigslist and auto trader for, mm -hmm. uh, uh, FCJ eighties. There you and, go. There uh, you, you know, go. life, uh, life is, is good. I take my kid to hockey practice and, uh, perfect. I get to read really cool books. Ah, so awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to let you get back to it. And All right, my uh, friend. thank you so much for doing this, for narrating the books, for bringing a whole other fan base. I think that um, my, uh, my future, my station in life, everything that's happened would be quite a bit different if you had not narrated oh. these books. So I, I can't ever repay that. And uh, Brother, I sincerely it's appreciate my absolute it. privilege, my absolute privilege. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the release of this new one. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, such a good book. Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, it's going to be so much fun for people. Oh, I appreciate so, that. Appreciate that. Yeah. I can't wait to get you book six. So that's uh, coming yes, in. Let's yeah, go. I'm on it. I'm on it. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep the mic warm. All right. Thank you so much. Right, Take care. And we'll uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Navy Federal Credit Union. I've actually been a member since 1996, the year that I joined the Navy. And Navy Federal Credit Union wants to thank the men and women in the U.S. military for their important commitment to our country. For more than 85 years, Navy Federal Credit Union has made it their mission to help people in the military community. Navy Federal Credit Union is open to all branches of the military, veterans, and their families. Navy Federal's employees are veterans and military spouses, so they're part of the community they serve, and they understand their members better than anyone. Members can enjoy an average earning and savings of $352 per year, a savings rate three times the industry average. An average credit card, APR 5% lower than the industry average, 
award-winning 24-7 stateside member service over 350 branches worldwide. Show your own support for our troops with hashtag Mission Military Thanks. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. And I also have to read that this is insured by NCUA. Dollar value represents the results of the 2020 Navy Federal Member Give Back Study. Value claim based on Navy Federal's 2020 Member Give Back Study. Credit card value claim based on 2020 Navy Federal as low as APR averages compared to advertised industry APR averages as of December 31st, 2020. Published on creditcards.com. Thanks so much. Check out Navy Federal. Org. I want to thank my friends at Black Rifle Coffee for sponsoring the Danger Close podcast. I've been a huge fan for the longest time. Drink Black Rifle Coffee every day. And if you keep your eyes peeled, you will notice that perhaps Chris Pratt is wearing a Black Rifle Coffee t-shirt, not unsimilar to this one in the Amazon series adaptation of the Terminal List. Now you can go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Danger Close and use code DANGERCLOSE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. Black Rifle Coffee, America's Coffee, keep crushing. Thank you so much to Six Hour for jumping right on board out of the gate to make this podcast possible. Obviously, I am a huge SIG fan, having carried the P226 on every deployment downrange in the SEAL teams. Uh, but SIG was a supporter. They were friends well before uh, I was a New York Times bestselling author, uh, well before I even had an Instagram account or any social media presence whatsoever. So thank you guys all so much. Uh, Ron, Tom, Jason, everybody at SIG who gets up every day and continues to crush it and lead the way. SIG is always adapting. They're always at the forefront, whether it is firearms for citizens, whether it's firearms for our military, ammo, suppressors, optics, training, fire control units. They are doing it all and they're always pushing, pushing that envelope and trying to do it better each and every day through innovation and adaptation, they crush. So thank you so much for that friendship and support. Uh, it will never be forgotten. Welcome to the gear highlight portion of the Danger Close podcast. All right. Black Rifle Coffee, Vintage Roast. If you are not signed up for their exclusive coffee subscription club, go to that website, blackriflecoffee.com and check them out. And you might even catch some Black Rifle in the pages of In the Blood, which is out now, hardcover ebook and audiobook. Check this thing out. Man, Ballistic Magazine, Athlon Outdoors. Uh, they sent me this. So it's Ballistic's Best 2021 Editors Select Best Tactical Fiction Author. So check that out. That is so cool. You see it right there. Yep. That thing is awesome. That is a solid award. And uh, thank you guys so much. And Ballistic Magazine, Athlon Outdoors, they have been so kind to me over the years, well before I was a published author or had a series coming to Amazon Prime video with Chris Pratt. So they've just been amazing over the years. And bam, look at that. Ballistic's best right there. Athlon Outdoors right there. So uh, Nick and the whole crew out there at Ballistic and Athlon, thank you so much. Can't tell you how much that means to me. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Danger Close podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. You can follow Ray Porter on Twitter at Ray underscore Porter, and you can listen to him narrate in the blood. You can listen to him narrate all my novels. What an amazing guy. If you want to follow me on the social channels, you can do so at Jack Carr USA. You can go to officialjackcar.com. That's the website. Or you can go to jackcarusa.com for the merch. If you like this conversation, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Until the next time, take care out there. Be safe. Stay strong. Keep fighting. In case you missed it, on a recent episode of Danger Close, an Ironclad original, Jack Carr sat down with former presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard. Set aside all the labels, mm. you know, oh, well, because I've been getting asked this a lot, like, well, are you left or are you right? Are you progressive or are you conservative? What are box you... do you fit in? Which exactly, box do you check? Completely. Are you an enemy exactly. or right. Right. An How, uh, Like, what filter should I use when I'm looking at you? And, like, I've always been an independent-minded person. Mm. Always. Be sure to check out the full interview wherever you get your podcasts.